Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. Up until 1989, the Soviet Union was officially atheist. And then in 1989, the Iron Curtain fell, and now Christianity is more open and promoted. My question is, what was it like before 1989? Were there still public Christians? And what is happening now, today, now that the gospel is spreading. I want to inter introduce to you an expert on this subject. His name is Pastor Don Richmond. Hi, Don. Don. Good morning. Don is the director, or he works for East European Mission Network. Don is always going overseas, traveling around Eastern Europe, sharing the gospel. Before we get into what is God doing in Eastern Europe, I want to tell you why we're having Don on this program. Don, do you mind sharing with people how old you are? Well, I'm only 83, actually. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And let me tell you. Just getting started. I got to tell you this. There are days Tom Brock wants to retire from cold Minnesota and move to Florida and do nothing the rest of my life. But then I think of people like Don. And, and Don, you are wholeheartedly serving the Lord at age 83, helping people become mission-minded. So God bless you for that, Don. Thank you. You're a Thank living you. rebuke to me. <laughs> so, so No, no, no. Wait a minute. Now, you, you two, you will move up. Yeah. But you will find yeah. the enthusiasm for the message, for the gospel of Jesus, yeah. does not shrink with age. Okay. It grows. Good. Well, let's, let's ask the question. Before 1989, Eastern Europe was officially atheist under the thumb of the Soviet Union. Did you, did you visit the Eastern Europe before 1989? I did, several right. times. And was Christianity under wraps? Could you be a Christian publicly at that point? What was it like before 1989? Actually, before, uh, in the earlier years of communism, Christianity was suppressed completely. It was 19, very dangerous. 1920s, to, 1930s, is that right? Well, even later than oh, that, oh, in the 1950s. And we're going to tell you something about Stalin. a guy you know, Enoch Hammer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, we're going to tell you about that. But as years came by, it seems like the pressure decreased on Christians. Especially so, after Stalin. Yeah, after, after the Stalin. 50s. Yeah. Okay. And so there was a lightening up, and there were Christians, but they were isolated. They were basically kind of in hiding, okay. with some exceptions. There were exceptions to that. Now, the Orthodox Church, which is similar to the Catholic Church, they have some real differences, but that was kind of the official church in Eastern Europe and the Soviet Union. It was, um, yeah. Did they get more leniency than, we'll say, Baptists or Lutherans because of the tradition? In early years, uh, a lot of Orthodox were persecuted. Many Orthodox priests were executed or died in labor camps or whatever. But again, as years went by, because they were the traditional denomination of those countries, I think there was more leniency toward them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now the, the wall comes down in 1989. Ha, is there a lot more religious freedom today? 
I would say yes, there is a, a lot of religious freedom. In can, can you be whatever religion you want in Estonia or you could, Ukraine? You or, could, you, you could, could. yeah, okay. yeah. And, and the cults are operative over there, just like they are here, probably not as strong, but they're there. So you have Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons. You do. You yeah, do, yeah, okay. Yeah. What, uh, you mainly do Eastern Europe, which is like Estonia, Latvia, Slovakia, Czech Republic? Yeah, Ukraine, Russia. I spend a lot of time in Russia. Okay. Uh, let's start with Russia. If you're going to be a Christian in Russia, are they mostly Orthodox, Baptists? What are they? Actually, again, statistic-wise, I would say a majority of those who identify with the Christian church would be Orthodox. Okay. You have two other groups that have grown a lot. One would be people in some form of Baptist church. Okay. The others would be Pentecostals. Okay, and that's and true worldwide, isn't that's it? That's true worldwide. Pentecostals and Baptists are the ones that are growing. Yeah. Now yeah. you go to certain countries that were more Lutheran. Yeah. Which are those countries? Well, the countries that were traditionally Lutheran would be like your uh, Baltic countries, namely Estonia and Latvia. Okay. For example, in Riga, Latvia, the National Cathedral is in right downtown Old Riga. That was and still is Lutheran. Lutheran. Under okay. Luther, because Lutherans are the traditional main denomination in Latvia. And, you know, I'm a Lutheran, you're a Lutheran. In America, you've got your real evangelistic Lutherans that are very Christ-centered, and you've got some Lutherans that are very liberal, that everybody's going to heaven. What's the Lutheran church like in Eastern Europe? Well, let me focus on, I'll just take one country. The two main divisions of Lutheranism in Russia would be one that is called the Ingrian Lutheran Church because Ingria was an area that includes St. Petersburg and around St. Petersburg. And they relate to Finland very closely. They're very closely linked with Finland. Okay. They tend to be, uh, they are quite conservative, however. Uh, they do tend to perhaps be more liturgical than we would be or some others okay. over there. Okay. Uh, but basically on most issues they are conservative. So those are the Ingrian Lutherans. And I would say they're probably about, uh, probably about 65 or 70 Ingrian Lutheran congregations in Russia. The other side... Yeah. And this is a very historical denomination. That's the Lutheran Church that is related to uh, Germany, to the Germans. And the reason for that is uh, Germans, many Germans migrated to Russia. For example, the Great River, <coughs> and I would say probably East Central Russia is the Volga. It's a huge river. And up and down the Volga River, there was a huge concentration of German Lutherans. Okay. So they were very strong. <laughs> and what are they like theologically? Uh, because in Germany, the German church, Lutheran yeah, church is very liberal. You have a division. I would say a majority of those would tend to be conservative, oh. biblically <clears throat> oriented, mm -hmm. uh, Christ-centered, mm -hmm. and quite a few of them we would call evangelical. Really? Uh, in okay. other words, they hold to Christ alone, word alone, grace alone, uh -huh. faith alone. Okay. They hold to that. Okay. Now, <clears throat> they may not uh, 
have the same techniques in expressing mm -hmm. it and teaching it mm -hmm. and even in evangelization, but underneath they have that. Right. On the other hand, however, yeah. Yeah. you have an element that most of which probably came from Germany after the wall came down, they would tend to reflect the same kind of liberalism. That has infected American Lutheran churches. American yeah. churches and the German national church, okay. a church yeah. in Germany. Yeah. But those tend to be, I think there tend to be fewer and fewer of those. Okay. Yeah. Your ministry helps, helps go over there and try to make these churches evangelistic, sharing the gospel. Are, are, the, uh, are the Christian denominations in Eastern Europe that were under the thumb for so long, are they evangelizing? Are they winning people to Christ? Uh, I would say yes. Uh, because being, for example, I'll t go to the city of Petroslavovsk. Where's that? It's, it's in Karelia, in the, uh, the state of Karelia, which would be north of St. Petersburg. So is this part of Russia? And this is part of Russia, okay. and it borders on Finland. Okay. It matches up the border of Finland. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, part of that used to be Finland. Okay. But that was taken away during the Second World War, and it still remains under the flag of Russia okay. right now. Okay. But uh, the, this Ingrian Lutheran Church, which is up there, and I was talking about the city of Petrozovich, a city of about 300,000 people, and there is a Lutheran Church which <coughs> for many years had existed in a little wooden building. And it's an amazing story how that happened because even during the times of the heaviest atheism. There was a lady there by the name of Maria Kaiva, and a strong believer. And she went, and a couple of others, went to Moscow, to the religion, the Department of Religion. And she insisted, we are going to have a church. And what happened? The guy with whom she talked, said, you will get your church over my dead body. What happened? He died. <laughs> and, and she got the church. <laughs> and so for a long time, it was just a little wooden church on the outskirts, intentionally put on the outskirts of town. And they had another building beside it. So two buildings, yeah. the church and then this other kind of a meeting place, yeah. and dining hall, dining facilities. They were there until about probably seven years ago. Oh. And they got money mostly from Finland to build a new church. Finnish Where is that? Finnish believers or the government of Finland? No, Finnish believers. Okay. Yeah, it's Finnish believers. And they built a and new building. And where did they build the new church? They found a lot, of, a piece of ground about 800 yards from the very city center wow. along a river total access to the community. So are some of these people that were raised in atheism coming to Christ? Do you see that happen much? Yes, they you, are. You do, okay. Actually, what happened there is a lot of those people who declared themselves atheists, publicly atheists, they were still, they had some level of belief okay. in God. Okay. However, yeah. they didn't necessarily know the gospel, but at least in a religious sense, they were believers. Okay. And I would say, for example, in Russia today, even a majority today would say they believe in, in God. God. Okay. 
Yeah. What? What? Tell him the story though of old pastor Enoch Hammer. You were you mentioned him earlier. Oh tell yeah. Him, tell yeah. him the story of per- that his, is his a persecution. Fascinating story and yeah. a good example. Enoch Hammer's father, Harry Hammer. And by the way, there is that book available we just discussed yeah, briefly. Yeah, we'll put that up at the end. Yeah, that'll yep. be good. There is a Harry is a very uh, important and well-known and much beloved pastor in the city of Tartu, which is the university city of Estonia. Uh, what happened when the communists came in? Harry Hammer was arrested, sent to Siberia. His wife and children, two of his children, one was Enoch, I don't remember the name of the other. He's like five years old or so. Yeah, yeah. And what happened to them? They had to go in hiding into the southeastern corner of Estonia. In the forest. In the forest. And they stayed hidden there, finding refuge in homes of some families. And I think they were there, was it about seven years? Mm Mm-hmm and uh, narrowly escaped discovery because the, the Soviets and the, the army would send patrols down there to always be looking for mm-hmm. believers. Mm-hmm. But after that, they were, they were able to come out. Enoch grew up, and what did he do? He became a pastor. Yeah, he did. And it was, it was not easy to become a pastor, and it was dangerous, but he did it anyway. And you will remember, mm-hmm. and I think you were actually there did, at yeah. that meeting in Tallinn, Estonia. And do you know what year that was? That would have been about 93, I and, think. And, and I remember sitting at that table with old Enoch Hammer. Yeah. And here we are, like eight, uh, 12 American pastors. When he heard that we were going to give them money so they could start a Bible school, he wept. Yeah, and let me back that up mm-hmm. just a little bit because... Mm-hmm. There was another one of the pastors who was there, and they were talking, oh, Enoch, what would you like to do? Because he had his little church there. Well, I would like to start a kind of a Bible school where I could teach Bible and teach teachers to teach Bible, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, was legal in Mm -hmm. Estonia at this time Mm -hmm. after the fall of communism. And... uh, But he said, I don't have any experience in administration. I don't know what to do. But one of the American guys sitting next to him said, Enoch, we believe you can do it. And he said that he repeated that a couple of times. And Enoch said, do you think I could? And he did. And 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 now it's a seminary, too. And now it's Bible school seminary. seminary. It's having huge influence in the country of uh, Estonia is a small country to be sure and and how how old is Enoch well Enoch is probably I suppose he's probably close to my age yeah. 80 81 and he's still he, preaching he's still preaching still go. preaching Running the Bible his school. son he is the rector but his son is the actual director Good. of this school in a place called Tartu Estonia so how god can using the, a change in government can really turn things around. Oh, now, we're, in America, we're experiencing the opposite. Exactly. We used to be a Christian nation, yeah. and now with the help of some of the liberals in our government, we're turning against Christians who yeah. don't want to do gay weddings or whatever. Yeah. So we're, we're having the opposite experience. Yeah. Don, Don, tell me this. When you go overseas and you travel around Eastern Europe uh, doing your mission, um, do you sense that 
I, I'm just curious, how do, you, how, how do they compare to America? I mean, I'm guessing America is still more Christian than, than they are, but am I wrong, or what do you no, think? No, you're, you're absolutely right. And let's take, for example, Czech Republic. Okay. Czech Republic is still an atheist country. Oh, it is. And yeah. recognize it. It's, it's one of the worst atheist countries. That's what they say. Yeah, that's what highest they percentage. Say. Yeah. However, even despite that, and we'll talk first about our Silesian Lutheran Church. It's a small church, very evangelical, Christ-centered, Bible-centered church. And there are probably, what, 20, 25 congregations. But they are growing. They have solid influence up in the northeast section of uh, Czech Republic. Oh, Czech Republic. Of Czech okay. Republic. Okay. As a matter of fact, they're neighbors with uh, Poland. Okay. And they go back and forth there in that particular area. Okay. Called Chinets, T-R-I-N-E-C. Okay. And uh, in the Czech Republic, that is a strong, believing church. And we, we work very closely with them. We have people going over there all the time. I'll be there probably another six, seven weeks. I'll be in the Czech Republic, among other places. Okay. And so there is an example of, uh, of a Lutheran church over there. There aren't many Lutherans in the other parts of the Czech Republic, however. Mm -hmm. But again, there is freedom for the churches, even though it's an atheistic country. And even though Lutheranism and Catholicism were kind of big in what Czech Republic, Slovakia in the past, are the, am I right to say that the people, though, that are doing the most evangelism are the Baptists and the Pentecostals? Is that accurate? Uh, yeah, that's true. I don't think that's so pronounced in the Czech Republic, okay. but it would still, by and okay. large, be true. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Because Lutheranism there, like I say, is, tends to be isolated up in that northeast corner of the Czech Republic. So is the persecution of the church pretty much gone in Eastern Europe? Uh, there they probably have more freedom for the gospel than we do in most cases. Yeah, because I handed out Bibles in the, in the Moscow public schools yeah. way back in, I think, 91, yeah. when the wall had fallen. I was able to preach salvation through Christ and hand out Bibles in the public schools. Yeah. You yeah. can't do that in America, no, but no. can you do that anywhere in Eastern Europe? Well, Europe? actually, let me tell you about what we call language camps. Okay. It's a, it's a week-long camp. We'll take several people over, and each American is assigned 10 students in these camps. And it could be Russia, it could be Estonia, it can be uh, several of the other mm -hmm. countries where mm -hmm. we do this. Mm -hmm. And the text we use is the Bible. The Bible is two columns, one column Russian or one column and one column English. And so... Uh, we teach the language, but we teach Bible. We tell them about Jesus. We share the gospel with these kids. And for many, it's the first time they have ever opened okay. a Bible. Okay. Although they are free in those countries to possess Bibles now, uh -huh. which they did not used to be. Can you, can you preach the gospel or hand out Bibles in a public high school over there? Would they allow that? They, uh, you could not necessarily go in preaching, but they have Bible classes they call it religion okay. classes in some of the schools. They do. And that's okay. up to a local principal okay. or superintendent. It is. But 
Some okay. schools don't have it. Okay. Others do. Some of my friends teach Bible. So there in is more. School. There is more religious freedom in I those countries. I would say, yeah, in most of those countries. You know, maybe somebody's watching this show, Don, and they've always wondered if God is calling them to be a missionary. And and so just for their sake, how would you counsel someone who is wondering whether they are to be a missionary? What would you say? How do you discern that? Well, let me share a little from my own experience. I had gone to, uh, I served in the Army in Europe, then four years of college. It uh, used to be uh, Christian college, won't go into names. And uh, at never thought of ministry. But I grew up with a praying mother and reading Bible. The mother read the Bible every day to us. So there was a strong influence, and we had a youth group. We were in an old American Lutheran church mm -hmm. in a little town in eastern North Dakota, but never thought of ministry. And, uh, but suddenly, there was a calling, and I believe it was the Holy Spirit. And I had to wrestle with that and struggle. And Tell I me, how did you hear that calling? Well, it was, a, it was an inner sense in me that all of a sudden, everyone's thinking ministry, thinking ministry of mm -hmm. some kind. Okay. I remember going home and hearing a Christian broadcast on the call of one of the radio preachers, and it was like he was talking personally to me. As a result, I pursued it. remember going to one of my professors, a godly man, saying, what do you think? He said, well, if God is calling you, pursue, go ahead. And... Uh, Finally, there came the time you've got to say yes or no. I made the decision. That meant retooling, loading up what few possessions I had in uh -huh. my car huh. and coming down to a seminary. So it was kind of a process, praying it about it? It was a process, praying, yeah. Okay, and seeking but the Lord. But mostly being open. You know, yeah. would I do what the Lord said? Yeah. Same thing when I was told to go to Brazil. I was a single man. No way was I going to go to Brazil. But... The Lord kept insisting, and I finally said yes. Result, that was a huge blessing in my life. Of course, I, I did get married before I went, and mm -hmm. a wife who was very faithful to the Lord mm -hmm. and faithful to the call. Mm -hmm. And so we went to Brazil together, where we worked for 11, 12 years, something like that. Right. And you know, Don, mm -hmm. uh, you, you're part of what's called East European Mission Network. We're going to put this on the screen here. Uh, the address uh, for the East European Mission Network. And if the Lord would nudge you to pray for them, uh, if you, the Lord would nudge you to even give, I think we've got their address. Do we have the address of, that we can put on the screen? The East European Mission Network, it'll be up in a moment. But, um, and what's your website if people want more information about this? Well, they could, uh, the, the address will be there. So okay. they can. E-E-M-N? East European Missions Network, yeah. Okay. All right, there it is, Pastor Don at eemn.org. So if you want to send Don a, uh, a, you have a question for him, or you want to uh, call him, 952-888-3510. But if they just want more information on your ministry, is it just eemn.org? Yeah, and okay. I can funnel it to the sure, headquarters. Sure, yeah. So, you know, pray for Don if the Lord nudges you to, to give a gift. This is a great ministry, and I, I saw it firsthand traveling around Slovakia and, and the wonderful work that they do. You know, Don, maybe somebody's watching this show and 
they have a loved one or a son or a daughter or a boss that doesn't know Christ. And they're wondering, what do I say to this person so that they would come to know Christ? That really is the missionary's message. Can you, in a nutshell, tell us what you talk, what you say to someone? Well, I would say, number one, you pray for the person. And, uh, and you are sensitive to where, they're, where they are. But if you sense, and maybe you're working with them, you probably say, could I talk with you? So you do as during a break or after work. Yeah. But then you say, uh, and you ask them, are you interested in knowing Jesus or being a believer, a Christian believer, something like that, mm -hmm. start out. But then you tell them, I could show you how to become a believer. Okay. Uh, let me give you an example. I was just in, where was that? Oh yeah, I was up in Russia in a town near the Finnish border. And I met this guy and he came into the place where I was staying about an hour before I had to leave. Mm -hmm. And I talked to him through a translator. I didn't speak that much Russian. And yeah, he wanted to accept Jesus. I showed him. Well because he, he believed that Jesus was real, uh -huh. so he knew some of the basics. Okay. And he prayed, Lord, please forgive me. And uh, Jesus, I accept you as yep. my savior. Yep. And I heard subsequently through his pastor that that was very real and it's changed his life. So, what, so the missionary's message basically is, you need to accept Christ as your Lord and savior, that he died for your sins and rose from the dead. That's basically that's what we basically talk. what it is. Yes, it's basically what it is. Okay. That's the core of yep. the gospel in the Lutheran Church. Not many are not preaching that, but that is still and the, the heart. Baptist Church and the yeah whatever denomination. Yep. That the must core be. is First Corinthians fifteen. Paul says, "I came to preach Christ died for your sins, rose from the dead." That's and and you know believe in that and you'll be saved. Yep. Believe in Him yep. and you will be yep. saved. Yeah. Well, Don, thank you so much for well, being you. with us. Let's see how much time I got. I got one minute. And again, here is, if you want to contact Don, there's his phone number, there's his email. Pray for the East European Mission Network. Ask you to pray for us too. We're now on all over the country because of the faithful prayers and giving of you all out there in TV land. If you go to pastorstudy.org, two S's, you can watch these shows whenever you like. They're all for free to be viewed at pastorstudy.org. You can also pray for us, donate to us there, and in a minute our, our address also will be up. So thanks, Don. God bless you. You pray about whether God wants you to be a missionary or at the least to give money to the missionaries, pray for the missionaries. See you next time at the Pastor's Study. Thank you for watching the Pastor's Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write the Pastor's Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.